Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. My name is Krista Ritma, and I am your host. Just wanted to start by acknowledging that this is a very strange time um, from the time I record this to the time it comes out. So much can happen. So much can change. Currently, when I'm recording here, we're on week one, towards the end of week one of Shelter in Place in California. And... My prayer for you, wherever you are, is that you're staying healthy, sane, emotionally stable, you're supported, and um, uh, have a great community around you to lean on should you need anything. If you do need anything, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I shared yesterday that I'm not here to share about the coronavirus or mansplain information to you about the coronavirus because I'm no doctor and no scientist, but if you have business questions, technology questions, pricing questions, help taking your business online during this time, please do not hesitate to reach out. I am really excited about today's episode. I have Steph Birch on the podcast. She is so real. She is one of the most no bullshit, authentic, real humans out there. And I just couldn't imagine a better time for her to be on this podcast and to share her with you all. She's Steffi now on Instagram. She's a mom, photographer, writer, yogi, all of the things. And I just worship stuff. I have since the moment I met her, I, every time there's like a crisis or something happening in the world, I quickly like go to her Instagram account to hear about what she has to say. I find her so mature and evolved and grounded and (laughs) so many things that I'm not. And talking to her today was so refreshing. Of course, we talk about how to stay calm right now, how to stay trusting um, when things feel super uncertain. We talk about parenting, how she's handling the situation with her sweet kid. She talks a lot about sharing on social media, how her offerings and writing have evolved. We talk about boundaries, walking away from really hard business situations. I mean, truly all of the things. And like usual, this came at a very healing time for me and my business. And I really needed to have this conversation today. And I hope that it's great for you to hear. Um, I think everything that we talk about is a powerful reminder to stand in our truth, listen to our, our intuition, step into our fire. It's truly how we can help other people is being authentically, unapologetically ourselves. And of course, above all, remaining in integrity. So I love Steph. I love this episode. I love you all. I hope you are well wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy this. Steph Birch is a mama, yoga teacher, writer, photographer, and much more. Her purpose is to serve others through movement, writing, feeling, and healing. She is passionate and inspired to encourage people to live and love big. The practice of yoga is simple. Be yourself. She believes that showing up for yourself and living true to you is the greatest, one of the greatest gifts we can give to this world. I couldn't be more excited to have Steph on the podcast today. Welcome. I'm so excited. My cheeks already hurt from smiling. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm just going to, you know, toot your horn for a moment. I met Steph. I remember, do you remember when we met at the 109 launch event? Yeah. Yeah. I was so nervous to talk to you. I'd been like following you on social media for so long and I just 
it was in that boom of just yoga teachers everywhere on social media. And this was like, I think 2014 maybe. And you were just, and still do stand out to me in such a big way um, with your online presence. And I look up to you as mom. I look up to you in your partnership um, with your partner as a yoga teacher, writer, all the things. So I'm just feeling very grateful to talk to you. Um, I know it's been a minute. I was just looking through our text and it's like been over a year since we talked. I know. (laughs) So besides coronavirus, um, which we're obviously going to get to, what is going on in your world? Like, how are you? Give me an update. Gosh, it's like the same, same, but different. Mm. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I mean, I'm still very much teaching yoga, photographing people and writing. I know that uh, in the last year I've... um, I've gone, I've shifted my writing prompts to be more online on a weekly basis for subscribers. And I've also started teaching a weekly write and flow class. So it combines yoga, breath work, meditation, and we do journaling every single week. Whereas before I used to host um, just a workshop every month ish, it was never really super consistent. I tried to make it consistent, but. Um, that's been my big shift is more writing and also just a lot, a heck of a lot more teaching. Mm. And I love that. I'm so glad you're doing the right, the writing workshop. I think it's so cool and unique and your, your yoga classes in general are very unique, but that, that offering I'm on your email list and I read everything. And I actually use, if you guys want to know a killer email like marketing sequence. Well, she doesn't even know what she's doing is brilliant marketing because it's authentic, but I would uh, sign up for her email list because I literally have clients like sign up for your list to like understand how you're connecting with your audience because it's so authentic. Thank you. And so that's still going well. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just doing it. But that's to me like when it works. And I think that's what's so beautiful about your brand and and who you are and what you put out there is you're like unafraid to be you. And, you know, I love that you didn't even find yoga really until 2008, start teaching in 2014. And now it's like completely, um, you know, transformed your life and who you are. And you've just stepped into this. I'm a teacher, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer. And I think that's like a huge piece of it is just like owning, um, that that's who you are. And like, as you were, was it ever hard to like say I'm a writer or I'm a yoga teacher? Was that ever like challenging for you too? Yeah, I, it would be, it, there were times that it was definitely challenging, but only when I look back, it's because I let other people's opinions or thoughts or the external invade my space. So when anytime I let any outside forces invade my space, I can feel a little bit like, oh, question myself. But then when I really tune in, turn into my, like, turn myself on, I know and with my whole being, like, I'm meant to be right here. 
doing that's so beautiful speaking of being right here i think it's a good opportunity to sort of speak to what is right here right now so um this comes out next week and considering how much has happened in the last week when this comes out i don't know where we'll be in the state of the world but um let's be here now so this episode is being recorded exactly one week before it it comes out and we are in week one of california uh shelter in place because steph and i are both in california so um help us what's happening steph i'm like so selfishly excited to hear steph's thoughts because i was telling her before we started recording um whenever there's like anything dramatic happening in the world or in the yoga industry or just in general, I always turn to Steph's account. Um, she's one of my like go-to accounts because I think there's so much like clarity and groundedness in what she shares. So um, please share your thoughts on the, our current situation. Ooh, our current situation is a lot right now. I, we're living in a time where this being on lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, um, has that ever happened in our life before? I don't think so. Maybe like our grandparents or great grandparents, perhaps, but, um, I have made it like such a mission of mine during this time, especially to really hold space and be the voice and presence of calm in this storm. And yes, do I feel fear from time to time? For sure. However, like it is my job. I, I feel it's my responsibility to give resources, take action to feel the fear, but also how can I help people remain calm, be calm? How can I get people some resources? Like right now, all like the last three days I have spent so much time helping yoga studios and yoga teachers and school teachers, Pilates teachers, cycle teachers. I've been helping them get online content out and helping them set up their audio. What do they need? What's the best place to do this for online content? And who knew? I never knew that. I like smiling as you say this because you're really like, I just looked at your post like, okay, guys, here's what you do. And I would say like, even two years ago, you were like, I don't know, how do I record it? And now you're like, you just did it and now you do it. And yeah. it's, it's so, I think there's so much fear around it and you're just giving people solutions. And I think that's really important. And I too, we were just talking about this before we started recording. I, we were saying how you know, blessed and, and just sort of in a situation of, I would say, um, I'm okay. Like I'm okay. I'm financially okay. You know, money is obviously not coming in from some of our biggest places. Same with you, but like, I'm okay. And, and how do I help people like that aren't okay and that need help at this time and anything I can do. Like yesterday I gave out 10 yoga classes. I just Venmoed 10 people that DM'd me for a yoga class on me, um, at a online yoga studio, like things like that, which doesn't seem like a lot, but this one girl is like, I'm going stir crazy. Like every penny counts right now. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw in your post and what you're doing, but I would also like to ask how you're speaking to, um, your child about this. 
Oh, yeah, with um, Bennett, he's eight, so he's in. I didn't know if we said his name yet, so that's why I almost said Bennett, and then I (laughs) stopped. I didn't know if you said his name yet or not. It's like I I try to be good about doing the whole, like, sharing his information, but right now, it's like I'm, even right now, I am in trust of people, the universe, and we are doing this life, we're living, we're being here together. Um, so yeah, Bennett is, <laughs> he's so cool. Um, we have been giving him information at the bare minimum. Like it's unique right now. He thinks he's on an extended spring break. That's mm-hmm. going to last through summer. He's aware of that. And he's aware of the word coronavirus because they were talking about it at school, even when school is still going on. Uh, and you know, we're doing little things like, for example, reorganizing our first aid kit. Mm. He's helping us reorganize and know what things are. Mm. He's learned, it's almost like a, we're making things a game. We have uh, long range walkie talkies just in case, like, you know, how do you use these? How do you speak into these? And it, for him, I will not take him down a rabbit hole of panic and fear. I'm going to let him be eight for as long as he can be eight, nine, however, whatever age he is, it's important that he remain a kid and that he sees that his parents are calm in perhaps a really high stress time. He can feel the world. Kids feel the world. They know what's going on within their bones. They can feel it. They're very intuitive. So it's important that he stay childlike and also we've shared you know like we aren't we're not taking him to the store with us we also have that privilege like one of us can be home when somebody is going to the store so he's not even seeing that stuff and we don't have tvs we don't have i mean we have laptop ipads but we have netflix right disney plus (laughs) you know so He's not getting wind and we're, we're keeping our conversation very minimum even around him. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really, I didn't even think of it until I, uh, remembered that, you know, you're a mom and it's a big piece of who you are and what you share. And I really look up to you and how you parent him. Um, and just what you share about parenting. I think it's really refreshing and honest and awesome. And, um, I'm just feeling for people that have kids at home right now, it's just really not business as usual. And I think kids in general are a constant reminder for me, um, just that time is passing and like life is happening because when it's just business or Clay and I, it can be hard to sort of like remember all of these things. But then we see my friend's kid who looks like a completely different person than she did three months ago. And it's like, holy shit. Um, And I just love kids and I really want to be a mom and I just couldn't. Um, I would like to think that I would be very calm, but do you feel like that sort of mother mothering instinct that comes over you is actually helping you stay calm too? Yeah. For me to remain calm and grounded in this scenario that's happening to our world, like there is a pool, there's a mama bear ancestral instinct that I know that is keeping me here. And 
even when my monkey brain starts to wind up and I talk to either Steve or, you know, really close friends, like just a couple of days ago, I'm like, I had some really dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to share these dark thoughts with you. And just having somebody listen. And then I just let it go. I said it out loud. I went to that place because it was 4 a.m. Now they're gone. I don't, yeah. I don't need to hold on to it. Now reground, refocus. Like this is what the yoga, pra- I mean, we've been practicing yoga for how many years? I know. I say all the time, like, this is why we do the work. Yeah. It's not for the days that it's like, you know, sunny and great and everything's fine and your bank account's thriving and like everyone's healthy. Like the reason why we do it is for this. This, this is when our yoga practice has really prepared us to stay grounded, to be as non-reactive as possible, to not feed into the fear, the panic, things that really don't even serve us in like, especially like the high intensity, hyperactive fear. We do need fear for survival. Yes. Mm -hmm. But all the sensationalization, all the opinions, all the, like everyone's a news anchor and they've been a news anchor on social media for a couple of years now. I know I'm (laughs) like dying about the influencers, like all like mansplaining coronavirus to me right now. It's so funny. It's so funny to me. And I would just love your take on that. It's like, because a lot of our clients and people I've worked with, like our quote unquote influencers or whatever you want to call them, crafts in their field that use social media as a tool to connect. And um, I being one of them, but at no point in my in the, my experience, I guess the last two weeks, did I feel the need to like tell others what to do on social media and from an observing non-judgmental place it's like are they afraid like where is that coming from where people feel the need to like because they have a platform like share misinformation basically or like spread fear or or whatever it is or just not um you know even if it's positive but it's like I don't know I'm really pulled between I'm really like, I'm curious about that because even the other day, like um, Clay read that dogs could actually carry it and um, transmute, like, you know, if someone pets your dog or your dog plays with another dog at the beach, they could like give it to the humans. And part of me was like, oh my God, I want to like share this on my story. I always have Charlie off the leash. I had no idea, but Clay's like, it's not really your place to share that. I don't know. What do you feel about all the sharing that's happening? Gosh, for me, I only feel called to share things that I would do in my normal life. Hmm. So how do we keep our immunity up? That's the things that I did choose to share. I, I did choose to share, hey, if you're buying things that say WIC on the label and you don't need or rely on WIC benefits, don't buy it. Hmm. Because when WIC, when people who are on, who have WIC that need food for survival, like, they need those benefits. And when the food runs out for them, they have no other way to eat. So I, I, I think like that's a little different than what I'm talking about. Different. I feel like it's more within, it's something tangible. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Even, I, I don't, I don't know what to call it really. It feels actionable on my part. And even when I, 
I don't even really talk about Corona. I just say the C word. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) You know, so I just, I, I don't want to feed into that panic. If, if I feel like my post is going to create hysteria or add to people's fears, I won't, or I, my hope or my intention is to create something actionable that regrounds us. For me, it helps, it helps with my own fears or anxiousness. Like what action could I take that makes it this feel purposeful or meaningful? And I think as an influencer, and I, again, I still go, oh gosh, that word, as an influencer, you have a responsibility to not share bullshit for attention. And, and I, Corona is getting a lot of attention. Anytime you type it in, like there's lots of attention on it. So I don't know. I, I think we, as people, like we're all doing the best that we can with what we have in the best way we know how. Yes. But if you know something is bullshit and you're just trying to get attention for it, like stop. Don't need to. I love that. And I think, I think that, you know, one thing I do like about what you do choose to share is, and I think this is an important conversation actually. And I like the direction that it's going because I, I've known you and we've talked and I know that things go on behind the scenes for you and you've had, you know, stuff happen and this and that, whether it's like locally and, you know, Sacramento or just other things I I'm aware of. And I am curious, like there's, there's such a fine line because I also feel like you do share super honestly without sharing the bullshit, without sharing the baggage. Um, and I guess what I'm seeing when I'm watching a lot of these stories of influencers or whatever you want to call them, people with big platforms that share, um, that it's feeling like, (laughs) two things happen for me. And I'm just going to be super honest. One of the things that happens is I feel that they are acting as if they're the only ones in the world experiencing this thing. Like I get that sort of sense. And then the other thing that, and so it feels like actually not oneness in a weird way. It feels like they're separating themselves sometimes from me by like, this is my experience, but it's like, we're all having this experience. And I, I feel that a lot. And then the second piece of it is, um, I feel left like I was just dumped baggage on. And that's actually happened to me in yoga classes a bunch too, where teachers are trying to be vulnerable. And I know their intention is never to like, I'm going to dump my baggage on this person. They're actually trying to be authentic and vulnerable. And you do a really good job at like really sharing authentically and vulnerably, but I never feel like, wow, now I like need an umbrella for all this baggage flying at me, you know? So how do you, how do you navigate that? Also being a writer and someone who just, you know, shares so honestly? Well, one, I do think that I have really amazing teachers around me and mentors that inspire me. And I pay very close attention to my teacher, my teachers, plural, and how they speak, how they share, how they teach a yoga class, uh, the things that they say that are vulnerable. And we can be vulnerable, yes, but what's what's the universal truth in this big story of emotion or happening or trauma or trigger? What what is what is the root? Like what 
where, what are we trying to gain mm. from this? Like, sure, we can vent. And a lot of people vent online, but then you're just putting your baggage on people. Like there's an, I truly think that there's an art to sharing vulnerably and having the lesson, the nugget, the, the juice, if you will. And, and don't leave people hanging in, in the baggage part of yeah. what you share story-wise, including yoga classes. I do think that there, it's a, it's a freaking art. I was going to say the F word, but. Oh, you can say the F word. I say it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But there's an art to it because I also think that you can be really vulnerable as a teacher without even sharing a story about yourself, just by who you are and your own presence and how you show up when you teach a yoga class. I think that's really true. And I've had teachers like that. And I think, you know, just throughout the I think it also like the social media world has evolved a lot since that like really big yoga boom, um, you know, where everyone was just sharing poses all the time. Um, and it was like really out of control. Like your whole feed was just like advanced yoga poses and like deep sharings. It was like this really like weird time in our lives. And I do feel like that's evolved. How do you feel like, um, cause I know you've had, or maybe you can share a time where like, maybe you shared something that you got a lot of, I know you've had a lot of, um, you know, haters as I like to call them undercover fans. Um, and just how it's like evolved for you in what you share and how you share since, you know, 2014 when you started teaching. Well, last, maybe two years ago, I think I even shared with you, I I reached out to you Mm -hmm. about something specific with haters or yeah, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I, I ended up putting a block where you, people could not comment or DM me unless they followed me or I followed them. That's what was, that was my way of patrolling my audience without seeing a whole lot of negativity. And I'm not saying I'm not open to people like going, Hey, you should know this, by the way, X, Y, Z. But at the same time, like, I don't really need to see someone's hateful or hurtful comments who, one, don't even know me, my story, don't know anything about me. It's very easy to, you know, drive those troll-like bullet points on people's accounts. But yeah, that seemed to halt a lot of the trolling now it's more in like DMs. Mm. I actually took that feature back off because I was like, well, I think we're in a good spot now. Um, I haven't gotten any much hate uh, on a consistent basis. Um, But still, there's always somebody that has an opinion. And now I just don't even respond. I don't have time. Like I, same for even if somebody in Sacramento that doesn't like my, the way I teach a yoga class that's come up a few times in the last couple of years. Cause I feel like I've grown as a teacher in a different way and I'm teaching slight, I'm slightly different, but more like in my power and in my experience. And I've had some people that felt like I rubbed up against and mm there's a small part of me that's like, oh, shucks, you know, like I want to help people. I want to people please. But then the bigger part of me is like, well, I'm not for everyone. 
if you don't like my class, you don't have to come. And I've had to have some really hard conversations um, that helped me to just stand in my power as a teacher and also recognize, like, I don't want to be liked by everyone on in I, life. I think that's like, how am I going to grow? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so, you're so it's like, and I know that like my listeners always hear me say this because it's like authentic, authenticity always wins. And I think everyone wants to know like the top marketing secrets or whatever. And it's like, it's so clear to me when I see somebody that's successful at their craft, why they are successful. Like there's no secret. It's like, because you know, you're not for everyone. You're not trying to reach the masses. You're trying to talk to somebody specific. And all of these things are actually marketing strategies. And when it happens naturally and organically, like I've watched it happen for you, like this writing thing all of a sudden started becoming really big. You're like, great, I'm going to do right club. Okay. Right club's epic. Now I'm going to do that. And it's like such an organic evolvement of what is coming through you at that time and trusting is huge. Like you're really good at that. And I want to ask you about that because I feel a lot of trust coming from you with the state of the world right now. And I want to learn more about how we can access that. But I think from a marketing standpoint, which I can't really ever turn that hat off hearing you talk, I'm like, of course this works because your class, I've heard you and I know about what happens in your writing classes. You have people like write blindfolded and like, you know, do totally crazy shit that would pull me so far out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And you're, and it's so specific and transformative and like just channel directly through you into like, this is what I need to teach today. And it's so beautiful. And I just want to honor that because for you, I know that maybe now it comes naturally, but it's actually really hard for a lot of people to be like, I'm going to have my people uh, write blindfolded and like not be afraid to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's trust. I I, more about that (laughs) trust. Well, and I feel like, I don't know. You know how patterns come up in our lives? I'll speak for me. Patterns come up in my life. (laughs) The same few themes, let's say, whether it's somebody coming in my life or whatever, it doesn't, the story doesn't matter, but it's a theme of a pattern that I've continually had to learn. Trust is number one for me. If not, it might be number two. I don't know, because right now I feel a shift with it, but I have had to learn to rebuild trust, not only with myself, but with people. And I've had to work really hard with my relationship in, in trust alone. And I know that it's important for me to, to have people feel safe when they're around me, when they're in my classes, especially in those, those writing workshops or classes, because we do go to a place that is going to trigger and it's meant to, it's going to be scary. It's going to be awkward, weird. People might not even want to do the thing that they're being asked to do. However, I think in who I am and just me being honest and sharing shit is hard too for me. And I've had to work my ass off to get to this place of, I'm not a perfect human, but I know that where my work is continuously 
trust is number one. Setting boundaries, number two. There you go. Setting boundaries. I think boundaries um, is really a big one for me right now. And I, I think my question is like, what would you say to yourself basically five years ago or six years ago? Like, is there advice that you would give someone that's feeling like they're just stepping into that power? That's just Mm. feeling like, Hey, I'm really ready to own this. I have something really unique and a little different to share and how to go about trusting in that. Mm. I just put myself back into like five years ago, six years ago. I mean, I started teaching yoga six, seven years ago, but five years ago specifically, like was a really big year for me as a yoga teacher, but I was such a brand new teacher. Um, Not that I would change anything, but I would definitely follow my gut from the first gut check with an experience or with a particular person or group of people, follow your gut. You have to, and the, and the way that we follow our guts, the way we follow our intuition is we have to flex that as if it was a muscle. We do. We have to flex the intuition muscle, the gut muscle, because when we don't, like, it's hard to, um, it's hard to listen to ourselves or, or, or it creates a self-betrayal again and again. I love the way that you just said that, a self-betrayal. I think, you know, for me, every time I make a mistake or something happens where for me it feels inauthentic and like, how did it come this far? I always think back to when did I first feel it in my gut? Like when was that first moment? Because you always know. Yes. And I'm going through something in business right now and it's been really hard. And I honestly feel like not ready to share about it. Right. Because I, I don't have that nugget of juice or that, like, I'm still in a place of processing and, um, just figuring out how it went wrong. And for me, it's like, I knew mm-hmm. in my gut six months ago and I didn't listen and I didn't listen and I'm still learning this in business. And what's so crazy for me is And I think that this is so hard for solopreneurs and I consider you a solopreneur because you have all these different hats that you wear and it's like, you're the show, you're the Mm -hmm. business. You don't have a team of 25 people. Like if you don't show up, the work doesn't happen. And, and I still, although I have a fantastic team operate sometimes as a solopreneur and what happened recently, I ended up walking away from and setting a boundary because I wanted to protect my team. Yeah. And I found myself thinking like, had it been just me getting this boundary crossed, like, would I have done this? Because my team is now looking to me. Like that's a mama bear in you. Yeah. But how do you do it for yourself? I think is the question because I'm, I can say honestly that if it was just me, I would still be in that position where it just feels so bad in your body. Mm-hmm. but you're such a pleaser or you want to look this way or come off this way and ego and doubt and all of that stuff. And if it wasn't for like people looking at me, like, how are you going to handle this? Yeah. I don't know how I would have done it. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are in positions like that. Well, I think for you, I mean, act as if you have that team or, mm-hmm. or even for me or somebody that's by themselves act, act as if you have a team to take care of mm-hmm. your team is your 
your arms and your legs and your heart and your pelvis and your head, like those are like, that's your team, all your body parts and act as if, and I, I can relate to making a decision not that long ago. I gave mm, maybe late last summer, I gave one of the biggest no's that I have in a long time. I said no to a deal. Um, well, before I said the no, I made a counter offer in business and it was not met. And that's fine. However, like I know my worth. And if you want me to work my fucking ass off, you're going to pay me because mm-hmm. I'm worth it. And I said no. And I walked away and I walked away from income. I walked away from multiple audiences and platforms and things like that. But in my gut, I knew it was the right decision. I love that. How did you feel after you made the decision? Oh, like a free bird. That's how I feel right now. Like a free fucking bird. Like, well, I'm flying. (laughs) And it's just even on an energetic level, it's not even about money. Like on an energetic level, freedom and it wins. I know I feel the exact same way. And I think to me, money is, is an important piece of that only because I feel like money is so sacred and the exchange of money is so sacred to me. And I, I feel that way as a small business owner. Yeah. Because I'm like either getting paid or paying someone every day, like from my account, it's either money's coming in or going out like multiple times a day. Yeah. So I like have had to have this whole emotional sort of healing around my relationship with money. And once I realized how sacred it is, it actually like the money that I just walked away from wasn't sacred and the energy around it was so unclean and felt so uncomfortable that it doesn't matter how much it was um, because it didn't feel right. And I, and I really do find that when I do make those decisions and I walk away and it's money at risk and I, you know, I asked Clay once the definition of integrity, and I feel like I want to ask you that um, mm-hmm. because he said that it's when you make a decision in your business that costs you money. Mm. And I think he's very rational and has a lot of earth in his chart, which I feel like you might too. Um, I don't know your chart, but you're very grounding. And um, I think that that's in, like an interesting, you know, thing. Cause for me, those times that I really feel like I've stayed in integrity, I do. And it is because I'm walking away from so, so much money. And I don't know, what do you feel about that word integrity? Well, having integrity is, is there's a moral compass that comes with it. Mm. I'm not saying that you can't make mistakes and not be, and not be within integrity. However, what do you do with your mistakes? What do you do when you mistreat someone. How do you handle that when it's brought to your attention? Having integrity means that you have people around you to give you feedback to go like, Steph, what the fuck? You're fucking it up. How do you, how do you manage that kind of feedback from your most trusted people? Do you let people give you, um, do you let your, your people give you feedback or is it just like the Steph show? You know, I think there's like a, what is it? Like a checks and balances. Mm -hmm. You have to have people around you that will be honest with you and you be honest with them as well. And 
Um, I think when it comes to social media and the outward appearance, things look one way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times there's like shit flying in the background. There's people getting hurt in the background. And there's been times where I'm like, dang, that won't happen to me, right? <laughs> right? That person cares about me, right? And then, yeah. Next. I know. It's like I've had so many situations like that where I'm in a business relationship or even friendship with somebody who I see treating other people or like sort of behaving in business away with other people. And I'm like, oh, but that's like, that's not going to happen with us in our relationship. And let me just tell you right now, it has every single time. <laughs> well, me too. Every single time. If you are, you know, in a situation where you're not getting the toxic end of behavior, but you're witnessing it, it's just a matter of time. And, you know, I hate to be the bearer of of truth on that one, but I think that, you know, what you just brought up is really important. And if you see behavior happening and things going on, it's, you're not safe. And, um, cause that's just how that person is. And the patterns, the we look for patterns and themes. And if this is an ongoing pattern in someone's behavior where they're assholes to their team, they don't take care of their people or whatever it is. For sure. Like this is the pattern. I think that's, you're really hitting on something. I think with the pattern that's, uh, you know, Deborah Silverman is a, a client and astrologer friend of mine. And I was telling her, I, I opened up to her this week about what's happening. She's been a mentor to me. And, um, basically she said, well, what are the reoccurring patterns here with this person? Like she literally said, how, how is this person in relationship? How is this person with other employees? And I like literally step back and I'm like, holy shit. Like, why did I not see that? And I think that is such a rational, non-emotional way of looking at someone's behavior is it's just a pattern. You know, I'm, I'm having a situation with a good friend right now, one of my best friends. And, um, once I was able to become more observant and less like emotional in the the situation, I'm like, Oh, this is like a pattern Yeah, in the pattern right now. And I've watched this happen with her for years. And now I'm like a part of the pattern and, um, it makes it less like personal too. It's like, yeah, you can take a step back from the situation or the patterns and go, okay, not to say that the person cannot turn him or herself or themselves around, but do I have to be a part of this right now? Do I have to stay in this right now with this pat, with these patterns? Yeah. And so I also, I think that's, and is, is vital too. It's vital as far as like trusting ourselves, trusting our gut, like, all right, I can stay and be a witness and then not be surprised when it's turned towards me. Yeah. I think too, it's perpetuates like my patterns too. And I think maybe that's a harder piece is like my own pattern in this situation is the breakdown that I had was why do I keep putting myself in these situations? So not only is it like recognizing that pattern in this person, it's so easy to recognize theirs. But then I think piece two of that is looking at like the pattern that I have of like, for in my situation, undervaluing, like lack of boundaries, all that stuff, because everything is two-sided. And Absolutely. Yeah. 
And it's like, what's my response? What's my role in this? Why do I keep, you know, crossing my boundaries for this situation or this business deal or this person or these people? What's my role in that? And is it because I'm too afraid to step out and play big? I'm too, you know, um, I don't feel like I'm enough. Like it, it comes down to like a root, a real root, long, long root <laughs> pattern of like, where do I go when I'm not stepping up and being myself? What thoughts, what is my go-to thought when I allow these situations to override me? Mm. So for me, the story that I tell myself or the words that I tell myself is like, oh, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm not. I think a lot I'm of not. people have that one. And then it's like, all right, when I'm staying too long in a situation or not standing up for myself, now I can just go, all right, I recognize this. This is what I'm telling myself in this scenario. How can I get out of this scenario? I need to do something. So either walk away, make a stand, say what's real, have integrity. And then I, it's like something actionable has to be done in order for us to not go down that, this, the part of I'm not enough, which is not even fucking true. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation with you is like, you're very action oriented. Like you don't sit in that space of fear for very long and, or that space of I'm not enough, or, you know, just in general, I feel like you are able to like process and move through to a space of action in a really healthy way. And how would you, I guess my, you know, one of my last pieces of it or questions here is a piece of advice from you because I'm asking for me, like I really look up to the way you handle situations and I know a lot about, you know, what's happened in your life and things like that. Cause we're friends and, and I just really value your like process in how you do life. And I think my, my hope is that I can like move through that space quicker and how do you, when you're in it, like, what is the thing that you like snaps you into a space of like, okay, what do I do about it? Like, how do you make that? Like, it's a switch in mindset yeah. and how do you do that? Uh, anyways, like I move my body, I dance, mm. I sing, I practice yoga, meditate, breath work, doing Wim Hof breath. I don't know if you're familiar with Wim Hof, like that breath work has rocked my world for one. And also, um, having a community and support system. Like I just started teaching for a year now, um, at another studio and it's the first studio that I ever practiced yoga. in, so it feels really full circle to be teaching there. And I'm working very closely with the owners and, and my teacher, like just bouncing off of bouncing off ideas. And, and at that Place, we hold each other accountable to such high standards of always being our best, always showing up as our best selves. And when we're not, we have somebody there to hold us, to listen and not try to fix, but then lift us. Hmm. Like we know we have the power to lift ourselves. We know we have it in us to dig really deep, like holding high boat pose in a yoga class. For real. Writing blindfolded or doing breath work. And we've also like gone, 
really far and deep into Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you're familiar with him and his work. Powerful meditations. And he teaches, like, we have to think better than how we feel. Mm. We have to train ourselves because all of our emotions come from the past. So when we have a thought about a situation, we have an emotional reaction to it or response. And those emotions are from the past. And just notice, where are you getting that information from? How old is that information? How long have you been feeling this way? We literally have to think better than how we feel sometimes, most of the time, if not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. Um, I think that's such good advice and I'm going to keep that with me and probably steal that. Um, I'm so happy we got to talk today. Yeah, me too. I'm just grateful to like be in your, you know, be witness. And I feel lucky that, you know, I think, you know, for people who follow Steph, um, she's Steffi now on Instagram and we'll put all your stuff in here, but, um, you know, you, she does share very open and honest information and, and it's helpful and it's rational and it's grounding and it's insightful and knowing you on the back end of your business too, it's like, it's all very true and authentic and like who she is on both sides. So yeah, I'm just grateful for this conversation. It's such a breath of fresh air to talk to you. And I'm so happy that I get to share this with my audience next week. Um, I'm guessing you're going to have a lot of online opportunities up and running next week. So how can we get more of you right now? Um, Instagram, Steffi now I'll, I'll be posting and sharing live yoga classes on the Instagram stories. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I am excited and I have quite a few classes up on my website, which is stephbirch.com. I used to have another website. I shut it down because I think the last time I talked to you was like, I was having the trouble with Instagram links. Yeah. We had to shut down my old website. That's crazy. We no got to talk about that. <laughs> we need to have a call about that in general. Yeah. When, when Steph blows over a little, I'm dying to talk to you more on that end of things. I'd love to reconnect yeah. on that side, but okay. So stephbirch.com and you have mm-hmm. classes up there too. Yeah. Steph is jam packed with like valuable information and um, it's just, you'll see when you start following her and when you check her out, there's some like, like it's like you're being washed with refreshing energy and yeah, I'm just, thank you for still sharing. I know it's been like a crazy evolution for you, um, in who you are and what you're putting out into the world and how you're talking about it. And I'm just glad that you are doing it, holding space and I can't think of a better person to connect with this week. So thank, thank you. you. And I'm so glad when I emailed you, are you sure you want to do the podcast today with all that's going on? You're like, yes, I'm, I'm so like, sure. I just <laughs> yes. hear you say that. I just needed to hear your yes. Cause I was a yes, but I was like, what if she's not a yes? So oh, it was my- a, I'm a strong fuck. Yes. With all things. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Like, yeah, fucking yes. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to, um, I feel like this reconnected us. So this is just another reason why I'm so grateful for the podcast and for you and to everyone listening. Um, be sure to check her out. Um, everybody can use a dose of her teachings and classes and 
inspiration right now. And thank you for being here wherever you are. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep growing.